a podcast. Did your radio show get canceled? Fire, fire, fire. Low down and filthy, but the discipline is on point. Schooled myself, made my own dojo. A cold flow with the whole dose of soul. Maintain composure, even in theory. An anomaly, properties undiscernible to mere peasants. Use weapons that level... This week on The Million Dollar Plan, we're taking life insurance questions. I know, a tough topic, not exactly fun. Uh, but I've been getting a lot of life insurance questions recently, so we're going to dig deep into that. Also, important note this week... Uh, important note, if, if you're a first-timer to this show, this will mean nothing to you. If you're a, a long-time first-time, this will mean a lot to you. Uh, I got some feedback last week that there was too many jokes on the show and not enough information. Okay, so last week's show, too many jokes and personal stories, not enough information. So this week, we're going to switch it up a little bit. All information, no jokes. Okay, so I'm going to give you a version of the show that's all information, no jokes. And if I slip and make a joke... Because, you know, I was a professional comedian for a long time, so it's sort of in my blood. If I slip and make a joke, you will hear this sound. <sighs> okay, so if you hear the following sound, that means I made a joke and I shouldn't have. Uh, so we're going to see how far uh, this goes. All right, life insurance. Uh, not only is it not fun to talk about, it's not fun to think about, it's... Uh, it's not fun. It's not even fun to get, depending on if you like the person or not. That's sort of a joke, isn't it? Oh man. <sighs> right, Nicole, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to keep a, a quick finger on that trigger. I can't help it. Okay, so life insurance is this thing where uh, it is meant to pick up the financial pieces of a family when something bad happens to a loved one. Uh, and so each segment, we're gonna deal with a different type of question and problem revolving around life insurance. Recently, I received the following question and I'm not gonna read it, but what I am gonna do is just uh, summarize it for you. Essentially, a person has a 30-something with two young kids, has permanent life insurance for $100,000, okay? $100,000. The uh, amount of life insurance this person actually needs is around $750,000, but they have $100,000. But they have $100,000 because their life insurance salesperson felt it was better for them to have permanent coverage as opposed to term coverage, and they can only afford $100,000 of permanent coverage. So there's a lot to unwrap. Let's get to it. At first, uh, you have to understand there's a major difference between term life insurance and permanent life insurance. It is so important you understand this, okay? Let's start with uh, term insurance. Term insurance, you purchase for a set period of time. For instance, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, maybe to a particular age, like to age 70. Uh, the premium the amount you pay every month generally stays level, especially if you buy level term, uh, and it, the premium, so it, it does not go up as you age. Because technically speaking, every year you age, you get closer to death, which means you're more expensive to insure. So what term coverage does is says, okay, you pay this amount, and if you die within the period you've just insured, we will pay your beneficiaries, your survivors, X amount of dollars. 
okay? So um, why people don't like this is because maybe you pay into a policy for 20 years, but then uh, you don't die, and then you've just paid for 20 years, and you've got nothing to show for it other than life, which I don't know about you, is pretty good. Like, I'll go with life. Uh, uh, think about this for a second. Like, to be mad about your life insurance not paying out is to say, kind of wish I were dead. You know what I mean? That's the challenge here. You never, ever, ever want to get into a scenario like, well, you know, had I been right there, I'd be dead. That's not good, right? So think about it this way. Think about it this way. Term insurance is meant to coverage, uh, cover a period in your life in which you need coverage, heading towards a time in your life in which you wouldn't need coverage. May I give you an example? I will give you an example. I keep itching my nose. Do you guys hear the tr trees being chopped outside the studio today? Good, good day to chop trees while I'm trying to uh, deal with this situation. All right, let me give you, I'll give you my scenario. I know I have a good friend that's always saying uh, on this show, I use myself as an example too much, especially when it comes to death, but I'd rather not say, let's say you're dead. Let's say I'm dead. Let's say I'm dead. Um, until my kids are out of the house, until they get to college and graduate from college, they're a bit of a financial liability for me. And, and I, I, I don't say that in a gross way. It's just sort of a, a realistic way. I need to provide not only for them, uh, for I want to provide for their education, to for them to be uh, brought up correctly, but I also need to provide money to my significant other, my wife, uh, in the event of my passing, to replace my income, which would be gone when, when I'm dead. So um, I have a period of time that I need insured. My son's five, he'll graduate college ideally when he's 22. So that means 17 years worth of coverage. I need 17 years worth of a lot of life insurance. And so here's how I think about life insurance. Let's say that you want to replace a person's income. In my opinion, the best way to do that is to buy a lot of life insurance and then sort of live off the interest, retirement style. You know, in retirement, you're supposed to live off the interest. It's not that tight. You don't really live off the interest, but you take withdrawals. But let's say I had a million dollars in coverage, which I don't have a million dollars in coverage. I have more than that. Uh, you could take probably a $40,000 a year income off of an a million dollar amount and it would just be there forever it would provide forty thousand dollars a year indefinitely for the survivors so if, 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 and that's a real number at a million bucks it's usually about a four percent distribution rate on life insurance which is to suggest if you have one million dollars worth of life insurance your family can expect forty thousand dollars indefinitely now what you're thinking is well um that I need more than $40,000. So what if I take $80,000 now uh, and then take less over time? So that's fine, but here's, here's what would have to happen there. Let's say you take $80,000 for a few years, the survivor stays out of the workforce, especially in, in my family, uh, we have a stay-at-home parent. A lot of families have a stay-at-home parent. So that's to suggest that my wife, for this situation, she would stay home on $80,000 for several years until that $80,000 runs low because at clipping away to $80,000 a year, that's 8% distribution rate, twice of what you should take. And then the person's going to re-enter the workforce a decade after 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 death i mean so that's that's a tough thing the re-entry into a workforce does not go as smooth as people think i mean that's why my life insurance is structured that uh no one will have to work again and it's not because i'm a generous person i'm just being practical right um too often when it comes to life insurance especially for someone passing away that has a young family 
as you're planning about it and you're talking about it and you're securing life insurance, you think it's going to be like a blip on the radar. Well, Tim died. Uh, so, uh, but next week, everything goes back to normal. It doesn't work that way. Everything is thrown completely off. And so this idea that, well, you just take care of them for a, you know, a couple months or a couple years with this supplemental income and they'll be fine. It's just not true, especially if there's young children. Um, the other idea here, too, is based on how much it costs you to live, based on what your mortgage is. You don't want to displace a family because the earner died. That, that's hardly a reasonable thing to do. Um, and so this brings us to the challenge, which, you know, I've gone so long into this uh, segment that I'm going to have to cover it in the next segment. But essentially, here's the question. A family went to secure life insurance. They were faced with term coverage. Um, is what they probably needed because they needed $750,000 worth of coverage. However, the life insurance agent felt that this person should have permanent coverage, not term coverage, because permanent coverage is coverage that never goes away. Once you buy it, you always have it. If you don't die within the prescribed period, well, it doesn't matter because there's no prescribed period or no insured period. You're insured forever. And so it's... Um, People like that idea that you never lose your money because you are always someone's going to get paid out. The challenge is it's more expensive. So if a, if a family had a $100 a month budget for life insurance, this family bought $100,000 of permanent coverage. They needed $750,000 of permanent coverage. Are you starting to see the challenge here? If someone in that family died and they needed a $750,000 death benefit, the $100,000 death benefit they are getting because they bought permanent coverage, it's inconsequential. It doesn't matter. If you've got a young family and someone dies and the, the, the survivor only gets $100,000, $100,000 will never mean less than in that moment. I know $100,000 is a lot of money, but when a person who is an earner dies, or a person that's not an earner dies, that's dealing with young children. It's a huge impact. You can't just say, well, $100,000 or it'll take care of you for a little. No, it won't. So the main problem here is the person wanted permanent coverage because their advisor told them to get a permanent coverage, but they're completely underinsured, right? That's the tough part. When you focus too much on the type of life insurance, sometimes you will underinsure yourself because you can't afford the right amount of the right kind of coverage. Okay, if you prefer permanent coverage, great, get permanent coverage. But if you underinsure yourself, what are you doing? It's not like the life insurance check comes in. It's like, uh, stop what you're doing. Log on. And hit Pete up on Twitter at Pete the Planner. But it's permanent coverage. Kind of not really a joke. Kind of was, though. That still felt appropriate. Do you see the challenge here? You can't just get the right type of coverage. You have to get the right amount of coverage. So after the break, we're going to come back. We're going to talk a little bit more about the difference between term and permanent and where mistakes happen. We're also going to talk about retirees and life insurance and how Social Security impacts that. Then our final segment of the day, we're going to talk about uh, getting coverage at work, life insurance coverage at work, and the role that it has in everything. It's the no-joke life insurance version of the Million Dollar Plan today. I'm Pete the Planner.
never question the right of any man to voice his opinion as strongly as any can. But then again, many men are citizens of their own little world, so they ain't really fitting in. I'm in the background blending in, camouflaged by the scenery, but I'm a champion. Revamp the camp again, put down the stamp again, talk to my fans again, renew my brand again, review the plan again, the quick scan. All right, back on the Million Dollar Plan life insurance question uh, version of the podcast uh, slash radio show. Also, no jokes today. No jokes uh, on the program today. All business. And if I happen to accidentally make a joke, you will hear this sound. So hopefully you don't hear that sound. There's no jokes today. Uh, Okay, so we we were just completing the last segment. We're talking about this idea that if you have the wrong type of coverage, if you need uh, a lot of life insurance, but you buy permanent coverage, uh, you could be in trouble because permanent coverage is so expensive at times, you can't afford the right amount of coverage. Like, I, I'd like if, if you could afford $750,000 of permanent life insurance, but it's unlikely you can. So the more practical thing to do is to get at least the term coverage that protects you. And now there's a right and a wrong way to fix this problem that this emailer is dealing with. Again, they need $750,000 of life insurance uh, on the husband and on the wife. They have $100,000 each and they don't have enough money to have perm and terminate. Here's the solution I think makes sense. It's a, see, this is what happens, though, when there's sloppy advice from a, a financial or, or insurance advisor. Sure, permanent coverage is arguably better, but it's just not practical for these people. So this is what these people have to do. They have to uh, apply for life insurance, term life insurance right now, get approved. And when they're approved, then they can cancel the permanent coverage. And there's actually going to be some cash value in that permanent coverage as well. But because they paid so much more into the plan than they'd be getting out in cash value, there's going to be no tax consequences there. So not only will they get $650,000 more each in life insurance, but they're going to get a couple thousand dollars back to do whatever they, they want with. So, um, you got to have the right amount of life insurance. I, young families, you hear on my podcast a lot. I get really upset when people have the wrong amount of life insurance. And I, I don't know. I don't know why I feel that way. I, at one point, as a financial advisor, life insurance was, was part of what I did. I mean, it's just the nature of putting together a financial plan for someone. A financial plan has to work whether someone's dead or alive. Um, but I've always felt really strongly about life insurance because... Uh, I just can't imagine a scenario, and, and I encourage you to do this. If you have a family and you've got young children specifically, do yourself a favor. Think through this. Like, if you're gone financially, what happens? Right. And I, I think where I get frustrated so so much is that sometimes you'll hear people say, "Well, they'll they'll remarry." It doesn't make a lot of sense to me. It can make sense to you. It's it's your call, but. Honestly, that doesn't make sense to me. Like, so if I leave my wife financially strapped and, and strapped in a bad way, uh, the solution is that she has to go find some other dude. Like, that doesn't make sense to me. All right. So uh, again, permanent coverage does not go away, but it and it builds cash value, but it's a lot more expensive. Term coverage is a lot cheaper and can cover you during during a period of time in which uh, you need a lot of coverage. So again, when my son is 22 years old, he's our youngest, 17 years from now, I will not need a lot of life insurance. He will say, well, what happens if you die? What happens to your wife? Well, meanwhile, 
for 25 some years, I would have been maxing out my 401k, saving money on the side. I've already got money set aside for the kids' college. So um, there won't be a lot of need for income. My, my, my life insurance strategy is the exact same as my retirement strategy at that point. It's to have some money and not need a lot of money. Right? So often we get caught up in the things we can buy and of the lifestyle we can afford, but we never focus on weaning ourselves off that lifestyle. I don't know if I talk about this enough or too much on this show when it comes to breaking your dependency on your income and your lifestyle. I'm at the height of my career at almost age 40. I've been doing this a very long time. Uh, I, at some point in time, don't want to need the money that I need now. I don't know if that sounds trite or cute or what it sounds like. I just don't. And the same is, is to be said when my kids get out of college. The, a major expense will be gone from my life, saving for their college and the cost of raising children. My mortgage will be gone. I won't need money, which is to say I'll have enough assets that I won't particularly need life insurance. Now, if I did, or if I do, here's what I'm up against, because it's important you understand this too. Because I have term coverage, I can either A, continue on the term plan I currently have, but the premiums would go way up. Uh, B, I could get an all new life insurance plan that's more suitable, uh, which I will then be 50 some years old, which is going to be more expensive. Or C, maybe what I do is uh, I look and get a permanent plan for the rest of my life, which leads us into our next topic. If you have no kids in the house and you're older and you're afraid that you don't, A, have enough uh, money to bury you, final expenses, or B, for your, your spouse to survive, then you do need a permanent plan. For someone in their 50s or 60s, specifically 60s or 70s, to buy term life insurance, that really doesn't make sense. All right, if you're buying life insurance at that point, it, there's not too many 70-year-olds uh, with like seven-year-old children, right? There are some. And to those men and women, we say to you, nice work. Wow. You knew a joke was coming. <sighs> so uh, if you need life insurance when you're in your 60s or 70s, you're likely going to get a permanent a plan. And it's probably appropriate to get a twenty-five dollars or $50,000 or $100,000 plan. Uh, and that can be pretty expensive, right? So the, the challenge is this. If you've never really thought about life insurance before and you're behind the eight ball from a uh, investments and savings perspective, then you're going to have to come up with $100, $150 a month for life insurance. Think, think about this for a second. If you don't have enough assets to be able to bury you when you die, you're going to have to somehow find within your income money that you previously couldn't find to save, but now you're going to have to use that money to set aside for life insurance. It's not the most practical thing in the world. You know what I mean? Right? It's uh, life insurance, again, it's supposed to be self-completing. Whether you die or you live, it, your plan should work out. It's also important to know, and this is a really big problem, when you've got two retired people and they're both on Social Security retirement income and one of them passes away, the survivor essentially ends up getting only one benefit at that point. It's the higher of the two benefits. Now there's some strategies you can take in between them, but the bottom line is you're only gonna get one payment a month. So here's what that would look like. Let's say you got two retired people, uh, not a lot of assets, they're living on social security income, maybe, I'm just gonna make up numbers, $1,400 a month each for a total of $2,800 a month of retirement income. So this is a very real situation. Two married people worked uh, middle-class jobs, they're 72 years old, 
and they make $2,800 a month in retirement income, and that's their only income. Well, if one of those people dies, then the income falls to 1400 bucks. And the person who had just been retired and living comfortably for a decade or so on $2,800 a, a month now has to live on $1,400 a month. And now you see we've got a problem, right? So in that circumstance, the person would probably need some degree of life insurance to help stem the tide of, of uh, what comes when someone dies. Right? That, that's the challenge when you don't have retirement assets, when you only have income, whether it be a pension or social security. If you don't have assets, you can't really adjust when one of those income streams go away. And that's a problem we see all the time. Another interesting social security thing that ends up happening that so many people um, don't take advantage of because they don't know about it. If, you, if a parent passes away and a child a minor child uh, is in the picture, they can actually get a social security survivor's benefit until they uh, reach college age. And so, I, you know, unfortunately, when I was a financial advisor, uh, I was in that scenario a few times where a, a client with young children passed away, you know, an infant, a two-year-old. And so the good news is those kids were at least able to get some survivor benefits and the surviving spouse was able to get some surviving parent benefits uh, via social security. But if you don't apply for those benefits, it's not like they're just sent to you. You have to apply for them. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm thinking here, Nicole, I really wish we would have done a joke episode because this is getting so sad that I, I, maybe I chose the wrong episode to eliminate all jokes and stories. If you're just joining us, last week's show, I was told there was too many jokes and personal stories and not enough content. So this week, we've completely eliminated humor and stories. Although I've told a couple stories. Uh, here's what we're going to do after the break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about the the role of life insurance at work, like how you should view the coverage you could get through your employer if that's available and, and some of the pitfalls of that. It's the jokeless edition of the Million Dollar Plan. I'm Pete the Planner. Rusty Redenbacher, ATFU, Naptown, yeah. Cashing in like the end of the game at the casino. I lean so the glare of the rear view don't hit me. Swiftly through the avenues and boulevards. Old soul playing on my speakers. Old soul but young and age of boss player. Not from the Himalayas, but my fam gave me every Indiana game. Grew up around the country, but the mindset was there. Ain't I won't complain about a damn thing on this beat. Axe hand got it slapping. Glass house, keep it funky. Work to the jams, drums clicking, clapping, grooving. This is the rhetoric when I'm in Motion floating coasting, can't be knocked off my pivot. Player, I live it. I can't be knocked off my pivot. Player, I live it. Cashing in. It's the uh, jokeless edition of the Million Dollar Plan. Talking life insurance today. Uh, all right, so uh, the first segment we talked about if you have the wrong type of life insurance, if you haven't have permanent coverage and you need the coverage amount of term and, and sort of the, the issues that are created there. The bottom line for that is always have the right face amount. Always have the right face amount. If I pass away and don't have enough life insurance, it doesn't matter what type I have. 
right? It just doesn't matter. So get the right face amount. Uh, second segment, we really dealt with um, what retirees deal with life insurance and, and the problem created when there is a uh, two social security income household and one of those goes away because the person dies. And, and, and very frankly, I, and, and I don't say this frankly to, to be, uh, po- I don't know, I'm not salting wounds or anything. It's just every two uh, social security retirement income household will go through this. Mine will, yours will, everyone's will. If you have two social security retirement incomes, at some point in time, someone is is likely to die before the other person, which eliminates one of those income payments. And then the person's uh, retirement income is is decreased significantly. You can't always say it's cut in half because one person may have more social security uh, work credits than the other person, thus their income is higher. So uh, more or less what happens is the per- the survivor, no matter who had the higher amount, let's say the person that passes away had the higher social security amount, then the survivor then gets that amount. So if one person's getting 1700 and the survivor's getting 1400 what will end up happening is the survivor will now get 1700 but lose their 1400 So instead of having 3100 in that example per month, they will then have 1700 and that creates some major issues. Now let's talk pre-retirement and talk about life insurance benefits that you can get through your employer. This is commonly called group coverage, uh, and there's some interesting components to it, right? There's traditional sort of base group coverage, which uh, is a term life insurance policy. And the term is as long as you work there. There's not a lot of portable life insurance uh, through work. Portable or convertible is when you leave your employer and you're allowed to take it with you or convert it to your own plan. That's, that's, that's not very common. It's usually you get the coverage while you work there. If you get fired, if you get laid off, if you quit, the life insurance goes away. Now, here's the challenge there. There's a couple things. Number one. Uh, when you leave a job, you don't know how old you're going to be and you don't know how healthy you're going to be. I'm going to paint a a gross, uh, not gross, but it's sort of a sad scenario for you. You're working for a place uh, while you're working there. You find out you have diabetes or some form of cancer or something that makes life insurance more expensive. Then you lose your job for whatever reason and you get another job, but the other job doesn't have life insurance benefits. Like we don't have great life insurance benefits here at the Pizza Planner World Headquarters because we're just too small to be able to offer that at this time. Uh, so that is to say, then you are left uninsured or to secure your own coverage on your own outside of work. It's crazy expensive because you're diabetic or you have a history of cancer, right? So, I, and I, hopefully you know this, but the older and sicker you are, the older and the more health conditions you have, the more expensive coverage is. When uh, Mrs. Planner and I were 22 years old and we bought our, our first life insurance, when we got married, it was dirt cheap. I'm like, I think we had $500,000, $750,000 each for like $18 a month. Am I right? I'm 39 now. I've got a couple million dollars of term life insurance, uh, and I pay less than $100 a month, but I bought it a long time ago. If I was 55 and I tried to go get a $2 million life insurance policy, it would cost me hundreds of dollars a month. So the younger you buy it when you're healthy, the easier it is. And that's why coverage, term life insurance coverage through your employer isn't very practical. Now, you should definitely get it. It's dirt cheap. It is the cheapest life insurance you can purchase. And depending on how your company is set up, 
So you should absolutely get the max benefit through work. No one, uh, by the way, Nicole, just warning you, this is not a joke, but it sounds like a joke, what I'm about to say. No one has ever said at the passing of a loved one, wow, this is way too much life insurance. You can take it back, right? I told you, right? That sounded like a joke, but it's not a joke. That's, that's legit. No one has ever said that. No one's ever said, oh, I wish he hadn't had so much life insurance because now I've got this money to survive on. So that is to say, buy dirt cheap group coverage, but don't depend on it as your only option. Always have life insurance outside of work, especially for young families. And it's usually purchased in blocks. The blocks are kind of weird. There's a $100,000 block. So think of Costco, right? You go to Costco, it's, it's uh, less expensive because you're buying in bulk, joke coming on. I can feel it. Uh, so like if you go to a regular grocery store and you buy like ranch dressing, you're buying it in a little bottle. But if you go to Costco and you buy a, a barrel of ranch dressing, it's a lot cheaper per ounce of ranch, right? A barrel of ranch. <sighs> it was joke-ish. So we had to do that. Uh, do you see what I mean? So with life insurance is the same. If you buy $100,000 of, of life insurance, then it's going to be so many dollars per, uh, per that, that group of coverage. If you buy $250,000, that's more bulk. So you're going to get less uh, dollars per month per $1,000 of life insurance. Then it goes to five hundred. dollars Then it goes to a million. So it's usually bands of $100,000, and a million dollars. So once you hit a million dollars, the price per thousand of life insurance is pretty low, right? So uh, generally speaking, you're going to want to buy a little bit more than you need in the moment, not to uh, purposefully over-insure yourself for now, but so that your income can grow into it. The more your income goes up, the bigger problem this creates from a life insurance perspective. If, you're ins if, you're li if, pardon me, if your uh, income has gone up a lot recently, you should absolutely increase your life insurance. There's a few ways to do it. You can either A, replace the entire plan you have, which I don't think makes a lot of sense. Because if you do that, think about this. Let's say you're 30 years old and you have $500,000 of life insurance and you purchased it at a, 30, a, a healthy 30-year-old rate. Okay. And now you're 42, but your income's a lot higher. You don't want to, what you need to do is just to supplement with the additional amount. Like maybe you need another 500,000. It probably doesn't make sense to replace this 500,000, the first one with a $1 million policy. Cause you need a total of 1 million now, because that 1 million would all be based on the health and the age of a 42 year old. I would rather you have uh, $500 based on the, the, the expense of a 30-year-old and then the other $500 on the 42-year-old. Does that make sense? But ultimately, you need the time frames to match up, though, right? If that first $500,000 expires before uh, you need it to expire, then you probably need to replace the whole darn thing. One additional element I want to talk about when it comes to policies at work or sort of strange supplemental policies is this uh, uh, accidental death and disability, all right? So it's, all, it's called AD&D. So you'll see this. People will say, well, I've got $100,000 in life insurance to my employer, but four times my income in AD&D, accidental death and disability. So that is, there's different forms of it. Like if you die at work, then it pays out more or if you die in an accident, or you're disabled in an accident, or, you know, no one really purposefully dies, and not a joke, not a joke. But sometimes you're sick, 
and or you get a disease or some sort of condition and that condition isn't considered an accident so if you have accidental death and disability and you have a lot of it and you say well i don't need traditional life insurance because i got all this ad and d but if you die of cancer nothing's paying out right uh Accidental death and disability is not paying out if you get cancer and you die. You would need actual life insurance. Man, this show could really go for a joke right now. So what if you're joining us late, uh, we've done two things today. We're doing an entire, very frank conversation on life insurance. But number two, uh, because of some listener feedback, we're doing no jokes or personal stories today because the person felt that last time it was too much. So... We definitely chose the wrong week to uh, take out jokes. All right, coming after the break, we are going to do biggest waste of money of the week. So you know what? The last segment, jokes are back on. Jokes are back on for the last segment of the week. Uh, and then I will put this question to you. If your, uh, your occupation, if someone else came to recruit you away from your current job for three times the pay, would you go and how quickly would you go? That's next here on The Million Dollar Plan. I'm Pete the Planner. Every day living through the peace of my soul, I remain whole even in the middle of the pain. Even though my life has the rain, I still remain sane, writing and creating for my life. And my pen is my sword given by the Lord, and I use it to fight the tides of restriction. Sometimes I'm conflicted by myself looking at the trees too much and can't see the forest. Enemies shall inherit the earth, and I want to inherit something, something other than the high blood pressure and diabetes. So work is what I got to do. Stay true to my enemy and water the trees that I sing from and look out for the lumberjacks. Running with the gale force wind at my back. Swift and enduring, I remain calm. Swift and enduring, I remain calm. Swift and enduring, I remain calm. This lays great errors to rest. Let me remain calm until it all calms down. Enjoying everything that's around. Let the sounds play on until it all calms down. In the midst of hurricane force wind, All right, back for one final segment on the life insurance jokeless episode of the Million Dollar Plan. Uh, for this final uh, segment, we're bringing back the jokes. Uh, so Chris Holtman, this is not a joke. Uh, Chris Holtman, uh, uh, former coach of men's Butler basketball, just accepted a position this end of this week with Ohio State University to be their men's basketball coach. And he got a 300% uh, a pay increase. He's like, I'm making a million bucks or so at Butler a year, and now he's making th over $3 million a year at Ohio State. You got to do that, right? I mean, if you, right? If someone comes to you and offers you three times the amount of money to essentially do the exact same job, no matter how much you love working for your other company, it's the same job. And you got to do it, right? I know a lot of times with sports fans, uh, people think that there's like loyalty. Uh, but at some point in time, if he can work there for four years, make $12 million and set his family up for life. And you're saying, well, he could, he could work at uh, Butler and, and set his family up for life on $4 million. No, he couldn't. No, no, he actually couldn't. So, uh, this week's biggest waste of money of the week is the Apple sneakers. Yes. Rainbow logo. Check. Garamond type, which is a font. Check. A questionable sense of style? Check. 
These Apple sneakers tick all the boxes of early 90s Cupertino, California. These sneakers were produced exclusively for the company's employees. These shoes are a rare artifact from one of the darkest periods in Apple's history. There's a one pair left. It's a size nine and a half, and they arrive with a certificate of authentication. And they're going up on eBay on Sunday, June 11th. And the estimated price is going to start the bidding at $24,000. So you know how companies will have like a polo or a towel or a, a beer koozie with their logo on it? Well, Apple computers back in the early 90s chose to get custom sneakers made for their employees. And the last pair that exists, brand new, is going on eBay on Sunday for $24,000. And that's this week's biggest waste of money of the week. Oh, notes from the road. I was in Boulder, Colorado this week. I went on a hike. I, I climbed a mountain. I hiked up a mountain. I don't know, the, don't know the difference. And then when I hiked back down, I had a breakfast burrito. So what I'm telling you, it is basically the best day of my life. And uh, it was a lot of fun. And I don't do well in altitude because I'm a ginger. So Nicole, I more or less made it successfully through the entire show without a lot of jokes. And I only told a story there at the end. How, how do you think that went today? I appreciate that. All right. The, uh, that's enough applause. The jokes and stories will be back next week. Uh, but uh, if you want to be on our podcast, which we will fix your financial life uh, one detail at a time, go to PeteThePlanner.com slash podcast and fill out the form. Stop emailing me and say you want to be on the podcast. Just fill out the form. Just a lot easier, okay, everybody? Thanks for listening. Reminding you, as always, I'm sending you good vibes because good vibes are all that's in my budget. I'm Pete the Planner. This is the Million Dollar Plan. If you want to be on this podcast and have Pete fix your money like, then hit us up at PeteThePlanner.com slash podcast. You heard me. PeteThePlanner.com slash podcast. Log on. This is for information purposes only. It's not the Swiss financial planning device. Consult a financial divisor. Release from Everest, the fresh is fresh, and you can call me ET, word to John Tesh. Let me bless this harmonic presentation. It's amazing, so amazing. I'm the reason. Uh, salutations, I bring you love, trying greetings from a faraway land. I am the soul controller. Put the remote down and let me take control. You're now a part of my zone, so enjoy yourself. Love, Tron can restore your health. I bring you greetings. Uh, Salutations, how you doing? And is that how y'all say it? The tinkling of the keys is an homage to the little, little star. I sojourn over poetic descriptions of sound and travel to my other world. Out of this world, spaceship on my arm took me home, filled by the ink and the megabytes and the hypertext transfer protocol stronger than the Skynet and the Terminator. I push faders into warp speed, glide with ease, creating a breeze they call a black hole, event horizon, no rear view concerns. This I adjourn, adjourn. and beats I burn, this I adjourn, and beats I burn. Salutations, I bring you love, trying greetings from a faraway land. I am the soul controller. Put the remote down and let me take control. You're now a part of my zone, so enjoy yourself. Love, try, can restore your health. I bring you greetings. Uh, salutations, how you doing? And is that how y'all say it?